Kaiser is off the chain. Everything is in one place for you. Your x-ray will be done there. The doctor will see you there. The labs are there for you. And then the nurses that work with you at Kaiser, they make you feel so at home. They're there to meet your needs. I would not be alive today if I had not had Kaiser Permanente. I feel really, really great knowing there's a place that I can go to make sure that I can maintain good health on a regular basis. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan, Middle Atlantic States, 2101, East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here for another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free, while other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Robinhood is giving listeners of Challenge Mania a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint. We're not making that up to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at mania.robinhood.com. All right. You didn't come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, he's the Leonardo Decathlon to my Donatello Versace, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. What's up, dude? What's up? Well, I challenged me in your live. I don't know if you remember. Challenge me in your live, Austin. I don't know if you remember this, but you were the Suge Knight to my Tupac. Yes, but those guys are not ninjas like Leonardo and Donatello. Oh. Ooh, See what I did ooh, there? Oh, yeah, yeah. See what I did were- there? Mm-hmm. Because you went with the Leonardo Decathlon again, and you haven't used that one in like I don't know seventy episodes. I decided to <laughs> dust it off because I wanted a ninja reference, and you know what? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take a chance, and I'm gonna use a song from Ninja Turtles Two: Secrets of the Ooze that I've been dying to use on the show. I'm gonna use it to introduce our guest today because I yeah. think it applies. Ninja Natalie Duran is on the show today, folks, and we're really excited to have her. One of the standouts of this season so far. I got people who wrote in. They're like, standouts? Take a chill pill, man. There's only been three episodes. No, she has been a standout. And uh, she was the standout of the cast list when it came out because I think so many people were excited to see what an American Ninja Warrior could do on the show. And I would argue she's been a standout so far competition-wise. She's made a tribunal already, did very well in the first challenge as well. So um, I would say she has been a standout among this rookie class, at least in the athletic performance area, if not the social game as well. But playing a great social game too, Natalie. I'm excited to talk to her. She's already like top five girls of all time by bringing that to the table. If you go and see... What she and look, I get it. The mental game, the social game, uh, is, is there. There's something to be said. The puzzles, like there's something to be said about those things. But already from like a physical standpoint and a uh, a skill set, you all the girls are already in trouble. Like this is not. This is you do not want to face a ninja. Guys don't want to face a ninja. This is a threat. This Pauly and 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 Ninja Natalie team is a threat to the game, my friend. And we got her in the building. Yeah. Some people feel threatened by it and have been more outspoken than others. We'll talk about that. We do not shy away from some of the controversy around Natalie's casting and uh, the selection of her in regards to other American Ninja Warriors who may or may not have been more uh, you know, accoladed and qualified. We'll get to that with Natalie. We have a ton to unpack with her, including three really strong episodes, four if you include that Meet the Cast episode of War of the Worlds to kick this season off. We've been having a great time breaking down these episodes over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. 
That's where we do what we call the war room, where D and I will spend 80, 90, 100 minutes, sometimes two hours breaking down an entire episode of War of the Worlds. Last Wednesday's was an absolute banger. We lost a legend. They said a legend was going home. A legend did go home in Johnny Bananas. And we broke down that entire episode start to finish, our theories on it and whatnot. And we're going to be bringing on some guests from time to time this this uh, season as well. Could this coming Wednesday, we will be having Jasmine on to break down the episode with us. Next Wednesday, we have Melinda Collins scheduled. So it's a lot of fun over there at patreon.com slash challenge mania with the war room. I, I like that place. Like, I really do feel like I'm verbally going into battle because I'm able to depict these situations like, you know, like, like chew through them, you know? Yeah, you're um, a little looser. You're a little looser yeah, over I mean, in the war room. We do those episodes like 30 minutes or an hour after the episode airs. We have a questions thread over there. We're getting questions in real time from the patrons. We got, for our last episode, 70 questions in less than an hour. We got to as many as we could. And uh, because of the war room and because of how great the season's been, we have quite a few new patrons to announce, and I want to give them their proper Challenge Mania shout-outs. Here we go. Julia, what up? Juliana Ordonez, Jose Martinez, Kevin Manif, Alisa Austin, Alyssa Austin, Jason Liang, Jordan and Drew at the 5th Major Sport. What's up, guys? We met them in Chicago. They hooked us up with some 5th Major Sport gear. They have Great a cool blog. Great sense of humor. Cool blog. Check them out, the 5th Major Sport. Sissy Shorewood. I like that name. Lauren Tyler, Malcolm Summers, Nikki Williams, Rave Wilson. I hope I got it right again. I got it right on the Patreon podcast. She gave me props. Hopefully I nailed it again. Teresa Soto, Jessica Cooper, Bronze. Thank you guys so much for becoming Challenge Mania patrons. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, D, we don't have too much to plug like we normally do because we're taking a couple months off from our Challenge Mania live show. So I just want to thank everyone. We just had our one-year anniversary of the Challenge Mania shop over at challengemania.shop. That's where you can pick up your Challenge Mania gear, your DKO out of nowhere gear, Devil's Advocate. Let's get down to the needy greedy. Let's put a bow on it. You can rep your favorite Challenge cast members like Mark Long, Team Cara, uh, Marie, Kayla, Shane, Jemmy, Darrell. Sorry for anyone I'm forgetting, but check it out. Challengemania.shop. One year. It's been open for one year, ladies and gentlemen. Give yourselves a hand. If you've ever bought we, a piece of merch over there, we, we appreciate it. Are we going to have a, a one-year anniversary sale? We did. On some I, of that merch? I, we did. And I'll, you know what? I'll even keep it up for another few days. Uh, we're doing the baseball tees. My favorite and your favorite. I don't see enough people rocking the baseball tees uh, out there. So we lowered the price to $29.95. They're normally $35. It's a really high quality item, which is why they're priced accordingly. But we've lowered it to $29.95. Grab a baseball tee. It's got the, the, the long sleeves that go down to about like the upper wrist area. And uh, the sleeves are colored. And you can get the shirt in either gray or white. And uh, any style is available in baseball tee. I know you love those. I love them too. I do, yeah. yeah. I got to give me some devil's advocate stuff, bro. Didn't I send you devil's advocate stuff? No, I got no devil's advocate stuff. I, I, I do look a little a little thick for my liking. I am a little thick for my liking. Maybe that's maybe that's why you didn't send it to me. What? In the, in the, uh, the gym. Really? In the cartoon? Yeah. Um, so, you know, wanted to shout out the shop. Want to remind you guys about patreon.com slash challenge mania. If you are a patron and you've been enjoying the bonus content, check it out over there. If you want to try it out and you don't think the maniac level might be for you, but you want to test out the bonus content, 
After they're a week old or so, I have been making the War Room episodes available a week later to the uh, the enthusiast level patrons. So uh, if you want to check those out for just $5 a month and you want to get a taste of the War Room, go ahead and do that. Um, and then you can get them the night of the challenge at the Maniac level. That's the desired level for the bonus content over there, just to make sure everybody knows. But just by being a patron, you can enter in all of our contests. We have an Oscars contest that we did this last weekend. We have a March Madness coming up. We do contests for fun other shows like Big Brother, Survivor, etc. We're giving away stuff almost every single week over at patreon.com slash challengemania. You should check it out. Um, before we get to Natalie, because as I said, we don't have too much to plug. Oh, the pin. Got to thank everybody for get for um, everyone who bought one of our limited edition pins from zombiesailor.com. These things are so cool. As a pinhead myself, it was a thrill to have this product out there. But to sell almost 100 of them in, I mean, we only made 100 available. We sold pretty much all of them within 48 hours. Amazing. By the time you're hearing this, they're probably all gone. But feel free to check zombiesailor.com. Thank you guys so much for picking those up. Uh, it really was a humbling experience, the fact that we sold out of those, or at least close to it, in 48 hours. So um, amazing. Thank you guys so much. Cheers, everybody. Hope you enjoy this episode. And if you want more thoughts on the War of the Worlds for me and D, there's only one place to get them. The War Room. Ladies and gentlemen, on the line right now, we've had dozens, hundreds maybe, of competitors on the challenge. I think this is our first ninja. Ladies and gentlemen, she's one of the standouts of this season of War of the Worlds, Miss Ninja Natalie Duran. How are you? What's up, you guys? I'm really excited to kind of get the whole challenge podcast. Really excited to talk to you guys because the challenge fan community has been different. I will say that. Ooh! yeah, let's start there. Let's jump into the war zone. Well, first of all, can I just say, despite I don't know what's going on with the fan base right now, but I feel like the ninja is like a fan favorite already and almost like 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 a front runner to possibly win this whole thing. You know what I mean? Her and Pauly at that, you know, but I think ninja's already standing out. Names oh, aside. I hope so. That, I mean, that's the thing. Coming into this whole game, I you know I I feel like I was here for a reason, and I wanted to stand out. But the when I got in the house on the first day, I started climbing everything, and on three separate occasions from Polly, Johnny Bananas, and CT, they all told me you should probably calm down a little bit. I was like, why? They're like, there's a strategy in not standing out, and that's everything that I wasn't used to. So that was a, a bit of a culture shock immediately when I got in the house. Also, wow. what a bunch of hypocrites. Paulie's telling you to calm down. Are you serious? <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, the, the irony in that statement's hilarious, but you know, Paulie's very passionate, but also he has he has a great strategy to this whole game that is the challenge. So he looks out not only for himself, but the people he cares about, and especially his partners. Well, uh, I think it's interesting because um, we started talking about fan base, but now we're just jumping straight into the vets, just straight into <laughs> the, like the head honchos here, you know, and I know Pauly, you know, talks a big game, you know, he's excited to be a part of this, like, you know, this, this world, this challenge world, this universe where let's like almost kill or be killed. Like he loves it. He's hungry for it. And, you know, he hasn't completely proven himself in my eyes completely yet. Although he does have an interesting background, he does have that like 
hunger for more. Um, he's got a 12 pack. He has, you has his, yeah. as his partner. So, um, it's interesting to me. So they, they're saying they're trying to take you under their wing is what they're saying is what it sounds like to me. It's like, hold on. You're doing a lot of things that the guys that the most in shape guys can't even do. You're climbing up walls that are not meant to be climbed up on. And I'm, I don't, I haven't even seen you do it. I just, I've seen some of your like Instagram videos where like my balls, like, like jump straight into my throat because I'm scared. You're going to fall to your death. You know, yeah, this, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big reason why my mom doesn't have social media for the pure reason. She told me, she's like, I, I don't want to see your stuff. I was like, fair enough, mom. You know, a lot of challenged women probably hear that from their mothers, but it's for different reasons and it's different yeah. stuff. They don't want them to see. Yeah. For you, it's like I did bit. pull-ups outside of a restaurant with a really high beam. For them, it's like, you know. A little bit too low of a high of a, high of a short or low of a cleavage, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to know, so, I mean, you, you just mentioned the, the fan base. And the challenge fan base is a rabid one, a passionate one. They'll turn on you on the drop of a dime. And they'll also really, you know, show support and love with everything you do on or off the show. You came from a show, American Ninja Warrior, that has as direct a correlation to to what you do on the challenge as any other show when it comes to the rookies backgrounds you don't really get the same sort of like uh oh let's see if he can you know do Jordy Shore proud because it's not an athletically based show so talk about coming from that show and you mentioned the fan base what are the differences between the fan base of American Ninja Warrior and the challenge that you've noticed so far in a few weeks here oh yeah so I didn't even know the severity of the difference of fan bases. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, it's, it's another reality competition show. People are really supportive, but I remember <laughs> being in the house. I mean, they strip her first thing before we get to the airport, the producers strip our phones away from us. We don't have any contact with the normal world. So we interact with these 34 insane, crazy people. But with that comes downtime. And I really appreciate the vets or even, you know, just the one year season repeaters, um, giving me advice, like Natalie Negrati was like, you need to double check all your social media, you know, back up everything and tell your boyfriend to not have any photos on the iCloud because the fans are savage. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, <laughs> and then she just listed like a whole hour of stories where fans are either really supportive or just like incredibly um, invasive, as I guess I will put it. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we, you know, we've heard death threats. You know, it does, it gets a little crazy. I mean, you know, they dug, I saw as a matter of fact, this is interesting because, uh, I saw someone like go and go through all of like Mikey P's old, like, oh, tweets yeah. and stuff like that. I was <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, you know, shit like that is getting like, you know, dude, what's the guy's name? Kevin Hart to, you know, drop from the, you know, the Oscars and stuff like that. But like, it is it is like, how do you find that shit? You know, so I know I, I appreciate the passion, though, because I had that slap in the face with just day one, the casting being announced. And, uh, you know, I was really excited to come on. And actually, the ninja community was really supportive of me. Like my friends who I've been training with for years and been on the show for years have actually just been stalking, you know, the Reddit files while I was filming. So when I came back, I got a barrage of just like support. So to my surprise, uh, I had my first Twitter attack from who you just spoke of, like my VP on Twitter. And I was like, damn, like I thought I thought my homies were supportive. But then again, I was like, I actually have no idea who he is. Um, you know, he keeps saying he's like a finalist of X number of years, but I actually never seen him on the show. 
So, but what really comes to it is I appreciate the opinions of the people that I know and I've been training with for years and the like ninja community, like Drew Dreschel, you know, the Godfather, Jamie Ron, all of the guys that's been on the show since like season one. And they voice their, their support for me. Cause kind of, that's what the ninja community is all about. It's about support. We don't rag on each other. Um, let's get right to that, that question then. Cause I was going to kind of tiptoe into it, but we're a few minutes in here and the Mikey P things already come up. We got a ton of questions about this. I'll read one from big heels fan. And I think it's tar heels, not heels like bad guys. He says, I really want to know what she thinks of the constant tweets by Mikey P about other ninjas disliking Ninja Natalie and thinking she didn't deserve to be on the season. So to catch you up about Mikey's role in the challenge world, He's never been on the challenge. He he dates ah. a pretty well-known challenge figure named Kayla. She's not on this season, but she's good. She's fairly new. And Mikey is her very outspoken boyfriend who has a history on American Ninja Warrior. Um, talk, I mean, lay, lay it out there for us listeners and, and hosts here who don't necessarily understand the Ninja Warrior format. So Mikey, I think, actually clarified that there haven't really been too many Ninja Warrior champions that you compete, but you don't typically win. And there's only been like one or two winners and stuff like that. He, he also did didn't like that you were called a champion when technically you're not a champion. Break it down for me. How could, how is it possible right. that he could have you know been on all these times as he says, and you don't even know who he is? Right. So there's like so many layers to what the ninja community is. What the ninja community is is also I think is separate from the ninja warrior show. So basically, there has only been one true winner of 10, 11 seasons or 10 seasons of American Ninja Warrior, and that was Isaac Caldero. And he's the one who won a million dollars, completed the whole course, um, along with Jeff Britton, and he's like a true champion. But I mean, that doesn't define like saying the stuff that we do is superhero and, and we all support each other. And like even just getting through, you know, qualifying or final round kind of you get into this kind of elite status where you've been through the whole process. You've kind of been there. And, you know, I made it to the city finals, not as um, a woman with the special new rules that they have right now, but, you know, I've, I've made it to a city finals and, and competed into a Vegas finals. And with layers of that too, also, it's like for each city, there's around like 200 competitors and 15 of them go on to city finals and the top few of that go on to Vegas finals. But what you see on the show maybe only be like five people of that. So the, the ninja community is very strong, but with the, with the followers and what the show is, you only really see a small percentage of that. Got it. So, I mean, I think what's interesting and I think what has put a lot of people off is the idea that anyone involved in that show that's even tangentially related in this show wouldn't be like happy to see the representation, happy to see that no matter how well you did in the grand scheme of things on that show, that you were you know, going to be the person to represent it on the challenge and that they took that kind of negative direction to start it off. Do you think, I mean, for instance, like among he's claiming there's other Ninja Warriors that are upset that you were chosen over them. Is there like a big clamoring for ninja warriors to come on the challenge i mean talk about the casting process you went through and why you feel you were selected over others i mean to the best of your knowledge were there other people in the running did you reach out to the challenge did they reach out to you and why do you think you were the first pioneer to make that transition from show to show yeah this was a huge decision not only on the behalf of like the producers of Ninja Warrior, but like also for me, because I've been on the show for the past like four or five years. I've been on all the seasons of Team Ninja Warrior. I'm actually a ninja mentor for the current airing season of American Ninja Warrior Junior. So him saying that I'm like not a good representative of the ninja community, it's like that sucks. But also at the same time, when people get jealous, entitlement comes out to play, you know, but I will be honest. So the format of the challenge 
doesn't directly transition translate over to like Ninja Warrior. Like I didn't do a single pull up on any of the challenge and that bummed me out. It was more like hard labor, um, a lot of freaking running. And I don't train a lot for long endurance cardio. So there's a different kind of athletic skill into that. But not what's being said, all the ninjas are totally capable of doing any of the challenges. We're all, they're all just like no fear. But the whole social bit of the game, when I was talking to a lot of my, my friends who are in the ninja community who are on the show, who have been training for years, they're like, yeah, would you do it? They're like, hell no. For the fact that they know that there's a lot of crazy, crazy is a different word. There's a lot of unique and interesting people on the show that, you know, strategy plays at play. There's a lot of manipulation, and they said they they wouldn't want to do it because it's it's a whole different name in the game. Yeah, I I just it is it is it is for sure. And you know, if you train, just it's just like any other sport. Like if you only train for one particular, uh, um, if you're training for for one per specific thing, like say it's football or baseball or basketball or a ninja, it may not completely transfer over to everything, all the physical, mental, and emotional, um, challenges that come within the grand scheme of the challenge to win the challenge. Um, but I do think that a ninja, someone that practices ninja warrior things is a, is an amazing skill set to bring to the table. My question is, is I think it's amazing that the uh, American Ninja Warrior community has like this breakout player for whatever the challenge God's reasons are to bring you on to have to, to finally have a representative. You know, we have a big brother. We have, uh, you know, a survivor turkey, whatever um, the list goes on. Um, but, you know, my question is, is like I believe that the beef started with Kara's comments when she said um, when she said something along the lines of five-time Ninja Warrior champion, and I think that kind of sparked it all. Is there any truth behind the Ninja Warrior championship? Is it safe to say that winning a city title is a championship? Winning a regional title is a championship? Because I've been to CrossFit regionals a couple times. I I, I wouldn't call it a uh, yeah, uh, you know, I I wouldn't call it a championship. I'm just saying I went to regionals. I mean, if I won regionals, I still would have been top three. Yeah, no, I agree. So that, I mean, that was the whole stemming of the argument. It was Kara and my intro of the vets talking about me. She said the five-time Ninja Warrior Championship, and like I guess the word champion champion is wasn't the the best term of it all. But like you know, I've been on the show for five seasons for the regular show and other seasons that are the spinoff. So um, I guess champion wasn't the best word, but you know, that's not, I'm, it's just, it's just sad kind of like when people like demean what you've done and you know what you've done. Like I've been, this is my life. You know, I, I had a big girl job. I worked at UCLA. I have a degree in neuroscience, but at the same time, I just wouldn't stop training. I would always immediately after work, go to three different gyms and train train for ninja just because it made me so happy so in my own eyes i'm a champion but if he doesn't think so i guess whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. and oh the irony oh the irony that we're talking about the misuse of the word champ again after spending an entire year dissecting how they had a show called champs versus stars populated half with no championships whatsoever so it's just <laughs> funny that that's starting arguments again in the challenge world 
you know, it's we're in we're in a culture of grandiosing. So whatever makes us feel better, we're gonna throw the word in there. Just just a little adjective for spice, you know. Also, they could have just not used that clip. They were like, we don't really care. We're just gonna use it. Nobody's gonna care. And to be honest right. with you, most people don't care about that distinction. No. Um, yeah. Especially when you break it down the way you and Mikey have have now. Uh, described it that there's only been two actual champions i mean i think all of us just as casual viewers is even an overstatement here figure that i mean look if you're competing on ninja warrior frequently and you're you know getting to these benchmarks i mean i'm looking at your wikipedia here it says you're one of uh two women on american ninja warrior to get through the new 14 and a half foot warped wall like these are other benchmarks that i think we would probably hang our hats on here if there's only been two champions ever so we're used to a show called the challenge where you have you know 30 champions and people are winning twice a year and everything so I think it's right. a little bit of a, a cultural education process here too, because sure, maybe you're technically not a champion, but I think in the same breath, if you found out um, no one is, then you know maybe we need a different word for it. But you clearly have a great pedigree from that show, and just even being someone who trains and does that show, it's a skill set that you haven't seen on the challenge yet. And I think, look, let's be honest, just as dedicated viewers of the challenge, everyone was really excited to see that someone like yourself was coming to the show. So. Yeah, thanks. And and it's kind of cool, like, seeing, like, people like Wes. And, I, you know, I've watched him since the freaking real world. And him saying, we've always, like, said that Ninja Warrior should come on the show, and this is the time. So, like, vets want it, too. You know, they want, it, they want a different challenge. They've been seeing, I guess, for the most part, the same people on the show. And I know the fans have been resistant to bringing Big Brother and new people on the show. But this is why we're here. If, we, if everyone's saying we got, like, the best top ratings in over five years uh, for the challenge and... There's a reason for that. We're bringing new spice. We're bringing new heat. And I think the casting producers did a really good job bringing a strong group of, of rookies in. Yeah. And uh, that brings us to our next question that we got from 100 people. I'm just going to pick one from Tawny who says, I love you, Nat. So happy to see you killing it. She wants to know, did you, it sounds like you did. Did you ever watch the challenge prior to being cast? And if you did, who were your favorites? Scattered. So yeah, for sure. It was a scattered. I like don't watch every single year also because so I'm first-generation Filipino-American, so I was very sheltered as a kid. And, uh, you know, my parents wouldn't let me watch television. I had to be studying, hence the neuroscience degree. So whenever they were away, I would always throw on MTV. I just had an obsession with the real world and road rules. So I watched the challenge when it was it was like the gauntlet, real world, road rules. And I always thought it was so cool seeing, like, CT in West. Like, Derek, I've seen you on there, too. So it's it was it was a, sh a shocking kind of experience seeing like people like bananas in person. You're like, oh crap, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, I've, I've told this story before, but the first time I got on the show uh, was my, my first uh, my first challenge was Battle of the Sexes two, and it was like all these people from like you know the first real world going back yeah. to like the first real Eric Nice who like hosted the grind who like yeah. dated Pamela Anderson who like, you know, going to like Coral who like beats bitches up to, but the thing was, it was like the energy in the room for me sort of what, what was it? It's just the powerful being around kind of that, those kind of those energies for sure. Yeah. I left, I, I left the airport. I walked outside <laughs> as I, I shook everyone's hand and left. That's gnarly. But yeah. I think it, the the my advantage of not watching religiously every year was kind of to my advantage. Like I knew the key players in the game, but when I came in, I didn't know people like Cam. 
So at the, uh, the most recent episode last night, it was like the mud pit. Um, you know, I didn't know she was Killa Cam. And she has this kind of aura around her being a, a badass bitch. And I respect her for that. But because I didn't know of her heavy, like, history just on the previous seasons and how badass she is, I just went for her in the mud pit, you know, because she had the last ball. And I was like, I'm getting that ball from you, Cam, and I don't care who you are. And I what the editing was really kind of, like, tricky for that. But, like, I, you know, I won all my heats um, when in, in the aspect of I got a ball for my team and Polly and I to kind of accelerate to the tribunal. Scott, I know you want to get to the casting store and you want to start from the beginning, stuff like that. But I want to get to the mud pit melee. I want to throw all the editing out the window and I want to know what the hell was happening in that mud pit and who was going after who and who showed their cards. Hardest hits, cat fights. I want it all. Did Morgan really drown in a mud pit of water? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, the editing was pretty, pretty accurate. Like Morgan. It was Cam, um, me, and Morgan for that one first heat. And straight up, you know, both of us were on Morgan, and we're just pushing Morgan deeper and deeper into that mud pit. And it's not like a nice, thick, like, it's sludgy. Like, you'll, if you step in it, it will go down to your knee. So for the most part, like, all of us were just covered in mud. I, at the end of the whole thing, I had, I blew my nose, and big-ass rocks would just continuously come out of my sinus cavity and out of my ear. But it's a there's an interesting strategy play. It's kind of like jujitsu, which I trained a little bit before coming to the show strategically, is that, you know, you don't just put all your energy every single second when you're in full contact with someone. You kind of wait for that moment of opportunity where they like you release a little bit. So they'll release a little bit. But then having that vulnerability opportunity, that's when you come in and try to give it your full force and get that ball. Um, yeah, we broke this whole challenge down last night in our bonus podcast we do over on Patreon called The War Room, and we had a lot of fun with this, you know, mud pit challenge because it was the rare instance where teams were clearly working together. They had other right. teams' best interests at heart, but it didn't necessarily ruin the integrity of the challenge. It was sort of part of the no. brilliance of this format <laughs> was that, especially since you have teams that are safe, you have teams that want other teams to finish, you know, further so they can go into the tribe with them and stuff like that, the passing of the ball, and it was ultimately very physical. How much of that were you able to kind of process in the moment with the, the Zacks uh, throwing it to Wes and CT giving a ball to Wes Holy and Kara after the fact on Twitter yesterday revealed that Hunter had given her a ball and she had given Georgia a ball. How much of that was clear in the moment and how much did you have to kind of reflect after the fact on how much collusion there was? There was so much going on that it was hard to follow because if you give in um, reflection, this is technically our first or, or like our second challenge as a teammate. And this is only like a few days in the house. We're all still learning each other. And um, it's and and the alliances like just come quickly or they're already established or you're trying to establish it within themselves. And the rookies also, it's kind of like a team UK is already established really strong. And then the rest of us rookies are trying to just figure out if we could get into that. UK Alliance or who else with a UK turbo um, or from that team Australia we could be friends with. So everything happens so fast and you just kind of need to get to a ball. And the one instance where you kind of see Julie and I laughing, wrestling for the ball, it was one of the last balls and we're, we're both of us were roommates at that point. So in that room, it was me, D from Australia and Julia Nolan from America. So we were all kind of three of us were tight together. So I knew Julia. I was like, you know, I'm just going to get this ball from you. So we're just giggling the whole time. 
because <clears throat> she knows, you know, she's going to give me the ball anyways. Oh, that's got to feel terrible. Well, that explains one of the questions we had written in from D. She says, who was your worst roommate? So now we know there's only two choices, huh. apparently. <laughs> Uh, um, oh, who was our worst roommate? You know what? I forgot her one other roommate. For the reason I forgot her, because her name's Shailene, and she is just, like, paint on the wall. I feel, you know, like, I don't want to sm- Let's just, okay, we'll say this at that. None of us got along with Shailene. She was the one girl in our room we kind of didn't really vibe with, um, and it wasn't on purpose. It was just that we didn't really get her energy, and we also thought she was just kind of boring. Wow, a lot yeah, of people she, getting uh, accused of being boring on the show this season. And also, if you're boring, you're not going to get any camera time. We were talking about it. I mean, some people have just been ghosted because there's so right. many. Uh, there's so many strong personalities on the on the veteran end. You got your Wes, your Johnny, your CT, your Zach making big moves in the game, and then you have you guys. So many of you guys who have been great and j- popping off the screen, Georgia and Bear and yourself, and 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 so there's people who. I mean, look, no offense to Shailene, but I don't think we've gotten an interview from her yet. Um, and some of our favorites also have been ghosted. I, I, I hate to say it, Natalie, but you might be the reason we haven't seen any of the other Natalie. There might be only room for what? one Natalie, her, Paulie's yeah. old partner. Where has she been? They're like, maybe they, the, the producer is like, we don't want to confuse it too much. So let's just talk about one of the Natalie. Challenge gods, challenge gods, producers, challenge gods. Oh, challenge gods. Okay. Yeah. Copy. Yeah. <laughs> um, once you explain the, the, there's basically like two sides or one big major alliance, AKA, the UK people. Um, it, it almost seems after you say that, that it is the old schoolers, the vets almost like having to kill each other. Like yeah. that's, that's what they're doing right now. It's like none of the UK people have even been like up for grabs. It was like, Amanda was, up, no, it, you know what I mean? It's like, so can you, can you get into that a little bit more? It's like, I know you and Paulie have an interesting connection because you, you got, it would almost behoove any of the Alliance to come to you guys, but right. because, because, but because Paulie's aligned with, um, Cara. and, and he's aligned with Kara, but dislikes, you know, Kyle so much, you guys are kind of like in a predicament, like a weird situation. Like you guys are almost like riding like solo. I feel like. Yeah. It's almost lone wolf status, but at this point of the game, there's kind of, there's, I think there's just like three different kind of major alliances First, it's like UK versus the rest of us because all the UK people came in so tight and they're kind of divided between, you know, it's like the vets and the rookies. They're very strong. And then in the house, too, it's also seemed like the house versus bananas because I learned really quickly that, you know, Hunter and Wes really just want to get bananas out and also a little bit poly, too, also. But um, it, it, it was completely different than what us rookies were expecting because, as we know, traditionally, when rookies come into the game, they're the first ones to be targeted. But jokes on them, you know, we got to pick them out for our partners. And that definitely wasn't a, a name of the game anymore. It wasn't like get the rookies out or trying to, to, to wean them off because now the whole game was just kind of flipped on its head. Yeah. How much did you know? I mean, so... I, this is my theory is that, I mean, you guys are in tent city. You're probably talking about how much you know about the, 
the other players. And then you, you go into the house and there's kind of a feeling out process that I, I kind of established as everyone assumes the veterans are going to get to draft you guys. Then TJ flips it on you. My theory is that you guys just kind of followed suit and drafted the person who had told you they were going to draft you. Is that true or or no? And what made you select Pauly? We got a ton of people who want to know why you picked Pauly. And also how much did you know about him and his previous backstory, whether it's on big brother or the challenge going into making that selection? Yeah. So it was a quick decision, but it, it, you are, it is kind of true what you were saying. Like, for the most part, if the tables were turned, a lot of the rookies and veterans said they would have picked their partner anyways. So I think the whole one day interview process was pretty successful. But in regards to like my bid, I had a few um, people I wanted to, I was keeping in mind too. But this also ties into the aspect of I was saying like, I didn't keep up with the show <clears throat> in the most recent years because I didn't have cable or anything. So I honestly didn't really know who Polly was. I never watched Big Brother. And I just knew who Johnny Bananas was. So I actually went up to Johnny and a few other vets because I wanted to talk to them, even though the vets thought they were doing a whole interview process. So I talked to Johnny and then he gave me bits of advice on the show. And that, that's when he told me, he's like, you kind of need to lay low a little bit. Um, Kyle was actually really aggressively. He's like, you should you should be teammates with me. And I was like, OK, this guy's kind of cute, charming, has an accent. So maybe I'll keep him in, in line. But I know CT. For previous seasons, I thought he's a badass, so he was another one to play. But the reason why I chose Polly is that we had a really good one-on-one, and I asked him, I was like, "What? Um, like, how do you how do you deal with a partner, and what motivates you to to like really support your partner?" And for me, I didn't know the whole social game. I really don't know how these challenges kind of play out, coming especially when I come from Ninja Warrior. And I think having a really supportive partner was the most key and the most valuable thing to me. So he seemed most passionate with that, and that's why I chose Polly. And because he was the first place, too, so that kind of gave some uh, encouragement for my choice. Yeah, I mean, if you had no, if you had, like, known nothing about his reputation or how well-liked he was or how, how often he had been on the show or how he performed and he has performed well, I mean, look, I mean, like you said, the guy came in first. He is a great athlete. He played pro soccer. Um, and the encouragement level, and he's very positive out there. We saw him in Redemption House with Natalie being a great teammate. Whatever else you want to say about him, he's a great teammate. Did he then, once you guys partnered up, did he kind of lay it out for you? Here, you know, here's who I have a blood feud with. His name's Kyle. He's tall. We might get into a couple arguments. Here's who my ride or die is. It's Kara. Um, you know, d- did he lay it out for you, the kind of political dynamic and what he was stepping back into at all? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Cause I, I confided in him. I was like, look, I'm a strong person. I will do whatever it takes to win. But when it comes into coming to this house, I need you to literally hold my hand on the shit that's happening um, from previous season, let's carry on to this season. So Polly did a good job of kind of telling me like, this is why we hate Kyle. Um, and that's why Clara's is my ride and die, which, which also means that we kind of are in a little bit with Theo because Theo is team UK, even though I didn't really jive with Theo that well, it was kind of like, okay, well, at least I have someone on the other side kind of supporting my team. Um, and that was the hardest bit for me was the whole social game and trying to learn of all the, the love triangles, the love squares um and that whole and trying to figure out the secret alliances and all that bit uk's got to figure it out i know i just see it's got to figure it out for sure i just i just see the look on ashley c's face and and that that said that said it all for me after he picked bananas i was like after he picked bananas i was like that's it there's the there's the stamp of approval uk to the end and we'll figure it out later 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, that it makes most sense for them. It's kind of like blood in, blood out. If you're if you have UK blood in your system, you're already part of the crew. Yeah. How does it make you feel when you have a partner who's, you know, as you mentioned, very passionate, um, his, you know, number one ally out there and at the time, uh, girlfriend, I believe they were calling themselves that. Um, it's like, you know, last, you know, last night, for instance, in the episode, we see Kara kind of, you know, inserting herself in the Kyle and Maddie thing. And then when you right. guys are out there with the tribunal, there's cl- and, you know, clearly Pauly is, you know, straying you guys one way to, to throw to throw Kyle in. I know we haven't seen it play out yet, but in the the trailers we have seen a lot of headbutting between the two you see Paulie oh, putting God, it out yeah. there that he wants to take out Kyle himself does this when you're sitting back and watching this and obviously Paulie's your partner and you have to stand with him through this stuff is it hard to watch this stuff do you ever try to talk him or Kara or anybody out of playing with their hearts and not their heads oh no I mean there is no swaying what Paulie wants to do and I'm kind of like along for the ride too also and I just need to perform my bit but the one advantage I saw, like partnering with Polly, is Kara's is number one, and I'm. I honestly think that Kara was directly threatened by me as soon as I showed up because I just remember when we had um, impending doom. She was like, "We have a ninja warrior on the show. That's just not fair. That's just not fair." And I was like, "Okay, I see that the strongest girl in this house, or the strongest looking girl in this house, is directly threatened by me, and I know she's going to want me out. So by partnering with her boyfriend." She's got to keep me along for a little bit. But along with that relationship kind of comes in the, the big conflict with Kyle. And that was one of those things that just had to suck it up and take it for a ride. But what I don't think people realize is that having a direct, you know, um, feud with Kyle at least gives us someone to target. Because the issue is if you're playing the game good, you don't have any enemies. And when you're in a position where you have to choose someone, and you you might put a target on your back because you're just trying to burn vote someone else. But at least for the most part, if we always vote Kyle in, at least it's nothing of a surprise to the rest of the house. Um, I got, I got a follow up question with like the surprises. You know, um, you you mentioned Johnny Bananas being like one of the only people like you you really recognize from the show. Like you'd seen CT, you'd seen West, but you're like. Johnny Banana sticks out like a sore thumb. Right. And you get in there and you're like, wow, everybody here. Cause you said bananas versus everyone or everyone versus bananas. Were you surprised that the one guy who, who sticks out is the guy that everybody wants to take out? And was it everybody? And was Zach throwing the ball to West? Do you feel like that was trickery? Was that game? Was that a mistake? Did he actually throw the ball to him twice, like Johnny Banana said in his live last night? What What do you make of all this, Johnny? Versus to God, yeah. still have no idea how the hell Zach threw the ball to West. Like we all try to just like deeply analyze it, and like even throughout the time in the house, we're like, "Why did he do that?" We don't know. I think Zach really just had a lapse of judgment, and was like, "Yeah, like a guy with his hands up. Let me just throw it to him." Um, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think there was any kind of specific uh, agreement beforehand that that was going to happen. Do you think do you think visually seeing what went down in that mud pit that Zach was playing soft as opposed to us seeing Ashley sort of like try to, you know, fight through three guys? Do, yeah. Did you see a so- difference between like heart and, you know, determination? Was it was it simple for him? Do you think did it look like an easy out? And did you see him do it multiple times? You know, honestly, I didn't really see Zach as a strong competitor, which kind of contradicts what everyone was saying. Like, 
you know, he's a fierce competitor in past seasons, but something about this season, I didn't really get to know him very well just because he wasn't a very enjoyable person to be around because he would kind of attack me at some bits too. So I think it's something, his personal life, whatever, whatever he has got going on kind of really shows on, on this season that he's not really giving it his all. So I think that kind of tied into the whole D gap. I'm just going to throw the ball to West. Mm. Um, I want to kind of uh, take a quick step back because we have so much to unpack about this specific season, but we do often get people's casting stories on the show. And I think yours is, you know, kind of a rare case because you, as we mentioned, were cast for the challenge based on your history on American Ninja Warrior. But I'm doing some research on your, your early life and education. And I think it's incredible that, I mean, you, you got a degree in neuroscience from the University of California and we're studying inflammatory bowel disease at UCLA yeah. Health. These are not typically the type of people who get cast for the challenge. So you obviously <laughs> got cast for the American Ninja Warrior for, you know, your athletic reasons and whatnot. So walk us back to that time in your life where you were maybe doing a couple things at once and how you came to, you know, pivot to this career as, you know, a, a fitness model and American Ninja Warrior and physical competitor. In addition to all this other great work you've done in the, in the medical field, which correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't been mentioned once on the challenge yet, but I feel the need to mention <laughs> yeah. it here because I think that's that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's my personality and my energy level is that I get cabin fever too often. So I always have to be doing something always, which ha has been my personality ever since I was just like a young teenager, a young adult. Like the reason kind of like how I also got onto Ninja Warrior 2 also is that I was one of the pioneers of like the whole vlogging phase on YouTube. Um, you know, like I like first generation Filipino American. I was always studying. My parents never let me out of the house. So I still needed a creative outlet to get a lot of my energy out. So I would literally talk to a camera on my computer and then just kind of create these little vlog bits. And lo and behold, apparently it was, it was like something really entertaining to the special community on YouTube that I grew to over a hundred thousand subscribers and I just kind of kept going with it. So along with, getting my degree in neuroscience, it was kind of a dream for my parents. You know, they immigrated here in the 70s. And their classic definition of success is like, if I become a doctor. But, you know, I define it differently. So I feel like out of some respect, they did a lot for me. So I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to work at UCLA. I'll publish some papers to the medical community and, and you know, scope some butts. But um, after I've done that within two years or three years of graduating, I was like, you know what? I Thank you, mom and dad, for everything you've done. I respect you. I love you. But I, I just need to do this. So that's when I decided to become a full-time ninja and train, uh, travel the world to do ninja workshops. And like, I honestly could say I'm like the happiest person and the most fulfilled I felt to this day. And I just continue doing that. I mean, so much that you just said makes me, and look, let me preface this by saying I'm friends with Mikey P. I like the guy, but when he started breaking down just the success in American Ninja Warrior specifically is why you did or didn't deserve to be cast on the challenge. It's just so short-sighted because as you mentioned, first generation Filipino American, I mean, you're, you have such a, a eclectic background in the medical field. You're a self-made YouTube star. You did that before you then went to medical, to, to school, to study medicine. It's just like such an incredible like change in representation on the challenge and they never you know they don't cast a lot of people like you so to think that oh man you know what she didn't win american ninja warrior technically why didn't you go with chad smith or whoever i mean it's just like there's it's so yeah. short-sighted so i'm so happy that they they went with someone like you and i'm so fascinated by your story 
that you sort of in the middle of all this decided to appease your parents and go and do all this stuff with your uh, your studies and whatnot that some people spend their whole lives trying to accomplish is crazy. And I'm reading all this stuff in, in ways you combine the two things about um, posing for photos while wearing an um, ostomy bag to demonstrate the device's oh, yeah. usability and raise awareness for inflammatory bowel disease. Like, that's amazing. I mean, that's no offense, Derek, to you guys and somebody, but like, that's just like on another level of using these platforms uh, for good. So um, talk about that a little bit and how how the yeah. two things have been able to combine in your life so far? Well, I, I look, I, I love everything that you just said, like deeply, a hundred percent. I just want to know how, I mean, didn't he, wasn't he just like questioning what is, what is considered champion in American Ninja Warrior? It wasn't that, but clearly She's fucking unbelievable. No, but they went on to, I mean, I think uh, the, the idea of her being a champion, even Natalie just admitted she's technically not a champion. The conversation extended to there are more deserving people to have been put on the challenge yeah. than Natalie. And I think it's really just like a little bit short-sighted to just hone in on where she finished in American Ninja Warrior specifically as being the only reason you would cast someone like herself to be on the challenge. I think that she is, you know, doing so, you know, such great things for representing so many different groups and backgrounds and the the idea of someone with the you know, education level that she has and the stuff that she's done and if you want to be you know almost you know materialistic about it she joined she's one of the first people to do this YouTube vlogging thing and had over you know almost 16 million collective views on her YouTube channel so she clearly has done that as well so I mean I'll just say uh, this Mikey uh, I think I don't know if you followed the whole Mikey thing it's not just that she was not a champion they, the conversation went on for weeks afterwards dude. it's cool yeah. Wait, I'm like, aren't you over it already? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like, as far as deserving and undeserving, like, dude, that's all up to who the challenged gods think is going to be good for this for this world. You know what I mean? Like, they're picking people sometimes that have, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, this Georgia girl, she says, I have no athletic ability. But to me, I've seen her like. Oh, my God. She has 100% athletic ability. I mean, they're okay. going with self-confidence for sure for in Georgia's situation. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, I, I think, did she not say something on the show? Like I have zero athletic, but she, she totally said that, but that's, that's what I appreciate. And that's what I've learned from the challenge. And what I got from Ninja Warrior is that like you put yourself in these shitty situations, shitty in the regards that like, you're going to stress yourself out. It might be dangerous, but you don't know your limits until you try to touch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, like her, her heart, it like, it, it, like shines through that. That's my point. Her facial expressions shine through. She, she doesn't have a neuroscience degree. You know what I'm saying? She's not fucking hanging off of like cliffs with her toes. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know, deserving, undeserving. It's like, uh, you know, I don't need, I, it's like, no, people get triggered. People, I mean, especially, you know, when, when you feel like you're entitled, people just get triggered a lot. And I think the, that glosses over the bigger picture of things. And you also just really don't know, you know, challenge guys do what challenge guys want to do. Mm -hmm. All right. More with Ninja Natalie in just a bit, but I just want to tell you guys how you can be a financial ninja of sorts. It's some more information on our good friends at Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. 
Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Challenge Mania a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at mania.robinhood.com. That's mania.robinhood.com. All right, more with Ninja Natalie Duran. Here we go. Two notes from your Wikipedia page I want to touch on, and then we'll move on to specifically War of the Worlds. So what I mentioned, this photo that you did to draw awareness to inflammatory bowel disease using your rock climbing, and you know, if, if you haven't gone to it yet, check out Natalie's Instagram. What's your Instagram again? Oh, yeah. My Instagram is ninja underscore Natalie. So you are like, I mean, you're, you're just like finding like amazing locations in the real world that could be anything from, you know, the top of a cliff to like the front of an awning of a store to just yep. like hang off of and stand on. And it's it's utterly amazing. It's a great Instagram account. But talk about what you did with that. And then also I want to ask you about this Guinness Book of World Records tie in the yeah. fastest uh, rope climb category as well. And then we can we can move on. But I'm fascinated by this stuff. Yeah, totally. And and. This is the reason, like, why I wanted to come to the challenge and everything, too, is that I just, in this interesting social media world that we have and people getting famous or have make, having their lives supported through social media, I think it's so essential that how you perceive yourself online, you just need to be careful about loving yourself first and surround yourself by good people. And because other people become, like, fans are just savage, and the savage in the sense that they'll follow you for every word and everything that you do. So I could like at least be genuinely say I'm really happy of how I am in real life also reflects on how I am on social media because I don't really fake it at all just to do the likes or whatever. But <clears throat> becoming a ninja, I think, really ties into that because we see the world very differently. Like if uh, usually if I'm quiet, like I'm loud all the time. But if I become quiet, that means I'm staring at something I want to climb. So like what people see is like a really cool building. I see like, oh, there's holes where I could climb to the top of it. You, you know, um, you know who remi that reminds me of? Uh, I don't know if you remember guys by the names of Landon and Alton. Um, but these guys, when I first met them, they would do the same thing. They'd be like, they'd, they'd like, they'd like look at the, like the ridges on the house and be like, you know, try to figure out how they can climb that. And they're just like studying. Yeah, that's this, what I like, had to do. There was no pull-up bars in the damn house over there for this season of War of the World. So I literally, every single day, have to climb the shingles um, and do pull-ups on the shingles and the side of the stairs because I couldn't do my upper body workouts. So, you know, you got to improvise sometimes. Yeah, yeah fun, no, fun fact. First uh, challenge I did with Laurel Stuckey, she was climbing the, the side of the, the house, like like to the balcony, um, like in the middle of the night, like late night, like we're all like had a couple of drinks and sh that's what she was like interested in doing. You know what I mean? And she was like superior athlete, like one of the best, uh, to play this game, but it was just like really random, you know, um, I heard you of this Laurel character. Cause she was in, in Cara always speaks really highly of her. So I'm hoping in future seasons that if I get the chance ever again, that she'll be on the season. Cause it sounds like she'll, she'll really like 
put me out for my money too. So yeah. when you, I think a lot of people are going to turn their volume up and rewind that. You said Kara speaks very highly of Laurel. Do you mean like as a competitor? Because most people, as I think, as a competitor, like I'm sure I don't know specifically about the drama that wasn't been mentioned, but Kara always repeatedly saying like Laurel is a beast. Laurel is a beast. Like she, I think she also, I don't know who was her or someone else saying. Like, Ninja, you're, like, the closest thing to we have, like, what a Laurel was back in the day. I'm like, cool. She sounds strong. Um, from the Challenge Mania fan page on Twitter, uh, they want to know, who can do more pull-ups, you or Kara? And I'll broaden that out to just ask, are you guys ever, when you're bored or just for, co- you know, competitive sake, like, around the house, like, trying to see who can do more pull-ups or more push-ups Always. or this? Yeah. But I, the funny thing is, I didn't challenge any of the girls. I didn't challenge Kara. I challenged the guys. I, there was, um, there's at least like a, a squat rack in the gym and there's, I hope they're going to air this cause they filmed it a little bit. I challenged turbo and Ashley, I think the two honest to the God, the strongest dudes in the house. I challenged them up to pull up and a hanging challenge and a one arm pull up challenge. And I smoked them, but also Oof. because they're a little bit heavier than me and I'm lighter, but that's still not withstanding my strength. They no? better. If they haven't cut that episode yet and you're listening to this, you better show that. You better show that right you, there. You know, you know, you know. It's funny. One, t- one time, I was like, uh, they didn't have any, any, any pull up stuff that we could realistically use. But besides the back of the stairs, you, you yep. get if, it, yep. So, so what I would do is to challenge myself. I would climb the stairs, you know, from underneath and get to the top and come down. And I'm like, just, just to kind of, not, not only did I, did I want to test myself, but I wanted these people to kind of know that, like. You know, I'm capable of some fucking gnarly shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, if you don't like you have to show this. Like, people don't do this. Like, I'm I'm scared that I'm gonna fall and break my leg. Like that's what I I'm should- saying. It's mental training too. Climbing. Yeah. Like I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been doing that at all. I'm like, they're gonna totally show that. Did they show it? Nope. <laughs> no, it's a funny thing. There's a there's a clip of JP also climbing the stairs. And then, uh, you know, the, the challenge gods that were in the house, they were like, don't, JP, don't do that. They're like, Ninja did it. I was like, yeah, she's different. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And JP, another guy we have not seen a single time. Okay. Right. Um, ex- explain this to me. Are you in the Guinness Book of World Records for a, or a rope climb category? Yeah. So um, potent- they're, they're putting to the book together now, but it was set up uh, just actually like a month before I left for the challenge is that um, this whole rig was set up at the beach in Santa Monica Muscle Beach here. And uh, I became the fastest female rope climb um, for for like five meters, I think. So it had to be legless, sitting on the ground, and then just hauling ass up that thing. That's amazing. So, how- so Guinness Book of World Records, Mikey. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say, Mikey. <laughs> so I'll what send is that you a, a copy. Five meters, is that a 30-foot rope? What is that? I think that's like a 16 foot rope. So it's not 16. that high, but that kind of just shows you have to have the explosive muscular movement uh-huh. to kind of get up that thing really quick. A three meter. That's not the thing. And I did this one challenge called ultimate backyard warrior in North, um, North Carolina. I'm invited to every year. And, um, Mike cook set up a rope that was, I think 120 foot feet in the air. He hired a crane, put a rope on it, and then harnessed us up, and then we had to climb, um, you know, basically, if you completed it, you're pretty badass. And what a lot of people don't know, unless you're in the ninja community, is that I climb the rope in a very unique way. Everyone does, like, the CrossFit, like, J-hook or wrap it around your ankle. I actually climb it barefoot, um, and it, I have calluses in between my toes because it's I climb it so much barefoot. 
Um, oh, so, but correct me if I'm wrong. That that rope in Santa Monica is 30 feet, right? Yeah, uh-huh. the one in Santa Monica is like 25, 30 feet. And and and, and those clips that you're hanging from the bar oh. next to the rope. Yeah, it's like that. It's 30 feet in there, and that's where I meditate, and that's where I met my boyfriend on top of that pole. Yeah, you, you guys need to check out her Instagram. Um, that's a fun one, yeah. And 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 so and I've played on those rings before. You you ever play on those rings? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like I, I so I played on those for a little bit, and I kid you not, I have never ripped my hand oh, like yeah. this ever doing anything in my life. Like all four calluses, or at least all right. three. Gone, like the whole hand, all three of them, boom, same time, ripped off, blood dripping all over that little boardwalk there. Yep. That's what I think is a secret advantage to the challenge is building calluses, you know, on your hands. Like that rope pull, um, arms again tired for one of that first team uh, episode. Like I, everyone was like, oh my God, my hands burnt and they had, they have all these scars and scratches, but I was, a, I had nothing. I felt fine. I could keep going. I didn't want to wear gloves at all. How did Josh or presumably, or I'm presuming, but how did Josh and Amanda beat Turbo and, and Nani in that challenge? Did you guys talk yeah, about that, that afterwards? Yeah, that was a special one. So to, we all know Turbo is very strong, but that's not what's saying that he's human too. And I think it was just a strategy play. Um, and what wasn't really seen is that Turbo dropped his rope out of the, the tire. And it took him literally a few seconds to recatch it, but... That few seconds puts you behind the game so much. And that's where Josh actually freaking hauled it out. And I think Josh is the one that really brought it home for them. Yeah, I, I wondered about that challenge. And I'm, someone brought up that there probably wasn't enough time to, to do this. But I wonder in these challenges where the winners are decided based on how much they beat their opponent by, if there's ever an yeah. instinct to kind of pick someone that you're aligned with and let them just like, you know, really, really beat you to ensure that at least one of you gets in the tribunal. Did you guys get the feeling anybody did that on that challenge or was everybody too scared that they'd end up get, getting thrown in and you'd never even think of that? Yeah, you know the interesting bit about the, the first two challenges, the arms, arms Again Tired and then the Search and Destroy with the Mud Pit, there was opportunity to do that kind of strategy because they're like, oh, if you do a little bit more, we could have that could have been easy. But honestly, we all just had no strategy, all just wanted to give it our all. So there was no strategic play for the Arms Again Tired, even though it was like a distance kind of uh, maneuver. As a uh, a ninja warrior, and I don't know how many uh, how much sort of transparency there is with stats and finishes and times and stuff on that show, but I'd imagine more than on the challenge. Are you frustrated right. as like uh, you know someone who comes from that background and where every half a second matters and this and that? Uh, are are you a little frustrated that on the challenge you don't necessarily see how much you beat someone by that they kind of leave that uh, to the so imagination? Frustrated. So frustrated. So that's the thing. There is no transparency in Ninja Warrior. They hire a separate company to do the timing for Ninja Warrior. And there's so many people watching and they're so sterile when it comes to rules and regulations, um, like almost to the law level. But that was a fun transition to the challenge is that we don't know what the challenge gods want, think or what the numbers are. Um, so like we, you really don't know until TJ says who's in the tribunal. 
Yeah, and that's something you guys don't even. I mean, we don't get it as viewers, and it frustrates us. But you guys don't get. We really don't get it. You don't get it there. Even when we're there, Mm -hmm. like as soon as we're done, we can't even like walk up and see how much like rope we pulled. They're already pulling us to the edge. We're like, go to the tent, and we're like, but we're on it. I'm like, go to the tent. Wow. Can we can we go back to the melee real quick? Yeah. So were you seeing any any was there anybody that was just taking cracks at people? Just to take cracks at people, like I feel like I feel like Georgia went after Amanda just to go after Amanda. Um, no, at this get point of the game, yeah. we all of us rookies were honestly just really trying to gain the support and of our veterans. So really, it was everything was an executive bet decision at that point. So they chose who we want to go against, um, and like kind of all the jabs at things. We were just kind of there for the ride. And you're going to kind of notice this in the beginning is that we really don't have a voice yet because we feel like we don't really, it's not like we're trying to force ourselves into these situations because events have, have alliances and, and people, enemies that are just so deeply ingrained. It just overshadows any of our opinions, but that's not what I was saying that kind of goes away throughout each episode. Let's go back to that first episode for us or what we can imagine was one of, if not the first night for you guys. Uh, this question is from Kara and Marie Fan. They say, what was going through Ninja's head that first night in the big tent? So your head, the collective heads of the rookies, what were you thinking? How much did you know at that point? And what were you trying to do with that time with just the, the rookies at that point? The, the 10 was interesting, and I, I, it's so sad that they didn't really edit in a way in how disgusting we were. So we came, um, we came, I came from Los Angeles. Everyone came from UK. It was like a full 36 hours of traveling, and they straight up, the challenge gods were like, all right, we're taking your luggage away from you. Just sleep in this tent for a night. We're like, what the hell? None of us got showers. We didn't brush our teeth. We're all filthy as hell. But um, the being grimy together was kind of a initiation for us to like really get to know each other. And I think we're all trying to size each other up, trying to see what shows we're from. And I honestly felt a little insecure because people knew each other from Big Brother or even just like other dating shows. Be like, oh, yeah, I watched you on that season. And I honestly had no idea who any of these rookies were. So and then there is a special character named Turbo in the corner the whole time with his black puffy jacket. He was wearing sunglasses inside the tent. We honest to God thought he was our security guy. We didn't even know he was a competitor because he wasn't <laughs> even security. talking to us. I love it. Can you elaborate on him? Is he as mysterious as Turbo? As yeah. It seems? He is mysterious. Or has he seen that he'll, night? He'll, blo- he'll blossom a little bit as the season goes on. But in the beginning, it was, I think he was just a little bit insecure because English was not his first language, but we, we knew what he was talking about. We can understand Turbo, but I think it was also his strategic analysis of us because, you know, he's one survivor twice, and that's not what's saying he has some strategy to it. So I think he was just observing everyone and also felt like he didn't need to fake his personality or get too crazy just to so he could get some airtime. So Turbo's an interesting man. Well, I'll tell you one person who loves him, my wife. Every time he hits the screen, <laughs> Lindsay's like, Turbo, oh, he's great. Everything he says... He could literally say like the simplest thing. She's like, he's great. He could literally he's just so be like, funny. I win yeah, today. Yeah. And she just Turbo's great. We all love him. Um, I'll, I'll have a uh, interesting kind of bit with him later on. But um, 
but uh, he's a good guy. Well, if anybody's looking for the way to beat him, apparently bright lights are his weakness because he was wearing sunglasses inside a tent in the dark. So I would say if you strobe get on a challenge, yeah, a challenge, strobe lights, maybe take out your iPhone, blast that flashlight, whatever you need to do, that might be your only shot. It's the only bit. Other than that, he's pretty invincible. Uh, who, who doesn't who doesn't like a quiet, humble, a, a humble, quiet guy? Well, typically the challenge does it, but everyone's taken to him. I think it's such a contrast. And I think there's a little bit of an allure to the fact that, you know, he's from Turkey. He has this great pedigree, but you know what I mean? I don't, this isn't the type of archetype they were casting years back. You know, I don't think that if this guy walked in off the street with this personality and no, you know, background and pedigree and survivor history, I don't know that they cast him. They might be like, oh, we need a little more. But when you add it to all of that, it makes for like a really interesting character, especially in this world filled with nut jobs. Can, yeah. can, can we, can we talk about how in shape these guys are and oh start with God. turbo? Because I've seen this guy, he put it up a video where he roundhouse roundhouse kicks some guy in the chest, you know, like, or in the throat and drops him instantaneously and then pulls out, like pulls out a shovel, a fake shovel, invisible shovel. He and he's burying him. Yeah. yeah. I think every all the guys in the house were immediately threatened by Turbo and like in the point of threatening where they don't want to call him out because they know Turbo will fight. This is the thing you'll see Turbo blossom. He was really quiet in the beginning, but if you ever challenge him in the sense of like elimination or challenge his integrity, he will be a freaking beast and and he'll 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 voice his opinion and uh, he's a, he's an interesting dude. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. The other guys, how about the other guys? The, oh, for the strength and everything like that. You know, they're, they're all pretty, like pretty strong in the sense that they look strong, but it, you really don't know until they perform. But it's funny because the, the rookies actually look a lot more fit than the veterans do. So there's some dad bods going around the house for the vets. And you're like, oh, OK. Give, give me top five. Give me top five in shape, guys, in the house right now. Top five in shape. Uh, you know, Turbo. JP, it looks amazing. Um, but we, I didn't really see much of like kind of performance other than that. Ashley is big and bulky, but who knows if that's just help from other stuff or he really is just strong. But I mean, his athletic background is, is, is crazy. So he's, he's a strong dude. Polly, Polly is an amazing endurance and, and like quick, fast twitch muscles. He's, he's amazingly strong. And I just always think CT's a beast no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I saw Polly do those, those push presses with you. The- oh yeah. And uh, also that's pretty impressive me too, because if when the weight machine was, was occupied, he just picked me up and did, uh, like, you know, like lifted me over his head, like shoulder press, like strict shoulder, shoulder press. press. Yeah. Turbo would shoulder press my body. Yep. Oh my gosh. How, and then the girls, sorry, Scott, you take it away after this. And then the girls top five in shape. Who's your biggest competition? Yeah. Um, top competition, even though she was on my lines, I always felt like personally, I always want to go against Kara. Cause she's a strong chick. She has arms like mine. Um, you know, and then the two other girls that I really, I mean, all the other girls I wasn't really threatened by, but the two other girls were my other rookie comrades, Georgia and Maddie. Maddie has legs that will choke you out, whether you like it or you don't like it. And Georgia actually has amazing endurance. 
Georgia was so annoying every morning because she would wake up at six in the morning and she would run on the treadmill and the house, all the sound just reverberates. And then she just sounds like she's having sex on the treadmill with her, her, her moaning and groaning, but wow. she will run for like 10 miles. And that's an everyday thing for her. So her endurance terrified me. Wow. Um, I want to get to the sort of political element to last night's episode. And, you know, you guys were a part of the tribunal and, you know, very early on, Paulie sets his sights on Kyle and we, we kind of all understand that Wes sets his sights on bananas. Cam and Ashley set their quote unquote sights on Amanda and Josh, but are very vocal about the fact that they're doing it as a burn vote. Um, I think Cam made it clear it was so she wouldn't have any blood on her hands, no matter who went home or got sent in out of Johnny and uh, and Kyle's team. However, that ended up kind of backfiring. We're on the verge of having a tie. And TJ Lavin says, are you oh sure you want to do that? Um Obviously, they cut it down. What ends up happening is Cam still kind of stands pat, but Ashley ends up going back, changing his vote, in goes bananas. How much was said in that moment and internally, whether previously in the House or in that moment, about what could be the twist if a tie ever happened in the tribunal? And why did it scare you guys so much? Didn't scare you guys. I mean, you guys kind of stayed with your me. vote. But, but yeah, yeah, talk about that. Who was scared and why? So that the whole threat of what happens if we stalemate happened immediately as soon as the tribunal got together with the voting situation, because no, I mean, I thought it was just like, I didn't really respect Cam's decision. It was like a cop out. I was like, just choose freaking bananas or Kyle. Like, why is this a big deal? And I was like, eh. I didn't really see her as a strong player at that bit because it forced a stalemate that put all of us at risk. Um, but that's not what saying I actually really wanted to go into this elimination. I said, I was whispering when we we're in the line, I was like, yo, if you want me to go in, I'll go in just because I saw it was a climbing wall and I'll, I'll freaking dominate that. So I wasn't changing my vote. So whatever happened, I was just ready for whatever. Who was the most scared about the potential twist? Was it the people who had played before? Cause last season, uh, it was actually Zach and Amanda. They ended up not being able to decide on a team to go in, and they end up getting thrown in. Yeah, I saw that. It's, it's a dramatic move. I think for the most part, the the most fearful of that stalemate was was Ashley and Cam because they're the ones with the burn vote. So we have our kind of people that we wanted to target: Wes and D with Johnny Bananas, and 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 Polly and I with Kyle, obviously. So they were the most vulnerable to switch their vote. So I think they were most worried about trying to make that decision. A lot of people theorize that, well, it couldn't have been that one of you guys gets to go, go in because you're not wearing your challenge clothes. Does that have any effect on this? I mean, like, do you guys ever feel like, well, we're wearing a jean jacket, so can't possibly be me going in. Or are you guys like, look, if we piss them off enough. They'll send a PA in a golf cart to go grab our clothes and we could be competing tonight. Exactly. Even though we were like, okay, we're in our street clothes. We look cool, but you never know what's going to happen. You never know what TJ is going to say. So it's like, be prepared for the worst or be prepared to, to fight at any moment, anytime. You're never really safe. How long are those tribunal shoots? The ones when you're deliberating and then also the ones where it's kind of the courtroom scene, which I love that visual, by the way, of you guys kind of interrogating the, uh, the witnesses there on the stand uh, or the defendants, I should say. How long are those shoots in real time? They cut it down for a few minutes for us and we get the bullet points. But how long are you guys under the lights in there? God, it's when it's challenge day and you find out who's in tribunal, it is the most exhausting experience because you spend the whole day doing whatever challenge and who knows how long it's going to be. 
We're shuttled home and immediately they're like, all right, you're filthy. Just go change into your street clothes and make a decision. And once we're in that upstairs region to choose who we want to go into the tribunal chambers, it's immediate. We have no time to eat or shower. It's like business as soon as possible. Um, D, do you have any more questions about yesterday and that episode before we get into some big picture stuff before we let Natalie go? Yeah, I, I just want to finish off with uh, with this with this final elimination, the climbing wall, and a little bit of strategy behind it. Did did it was was Johnny as bad on that climbing wall as they made it seem? Was he oh really just God. like was, was it that bad? Yeah, really? it was like it was like so bad. I didn't want to watch because I was like, just tag me in, bro, because this is embarrassing. Wow, see that's, that that blows my mind. A guy that's you know so seasoned can't climb a wall. That's, that's, that's really strange to me. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, this climbing, I mean, that's my world. So it's funny that we see people like CrossFit people come in the climbing gym and they're struggle busing. So climbing is an interesting creature. And I think any athlete, especially doing kind of like these CrossFits or obstacle course racing, climbing is very valuable because it teaches you body awareness and you get that grip strength. You don't get from a straight bar. Mm. And then, um, also, I would imagine, especially when someone called out to uh, Turbo and asked him where Turkey was, that there was probably a lot of crowd help. Um, yeah. Was there not some crowd help going on? Um, it would seem obvious to me that I'm going to get some help. Or exactly, or it was inter- yeah, there was there was a division of the house in that situation because it wasn't just a challenge, but it was also we could get involved by just yelling bits on on which flag, but. Honestly, I was like, I was very surprised and impressed by Zahida. Like, you know, in the beginning, I, I don't really know who she was. I was like, she's just kind of like this pretty girl that's just here. And, and like, I don't really feel threatened by her. But Zahida punched it out because she's well-seasoned. She's well-traveled. She knew where majority of these flags were because there was people like Theo yelling, like, that's that's Finland. And she's like, you're wrong. And then she actually knew the correct flags, but majority of the house was on Zakita and Zach's side and not so much on bananas and Morgan's side. So it was literally like, was Kyle actually helping Johnny? Cause I'm seeing like, I'm getting like mixed signals from like what I'm seeing on Twitter right. and right. on the show, you know, is it, was there, was he helping or he would go back and forth really? Like oh. I was, I mean, Cara, Paul, and I were kind of just staying quiet and just observing everything going on. But, like, Kyle will kind of go back and forth and see what's going on. So did Johnny really get no help at all? Like, yeah, he got, he got some help. But, honestly, he couldn't even get it up. Then it, that it didn't really – if he got help, it didn't help him. Jeez. Um yeah, that's that's all I got there. I just I want to ask about teasers for next week, Scott. So yeah, why don't you, you get why don't you get those get the let's get the teasers for next week, and then we just got some questions that are more big picture, general. You know, who would you want from American Ninja Warrior to possibly follow up to do the challenge and things like that? Who would you want to compete against in the future? So let's okay. let's tease next week. So what what do you feel like? Obviously, I don't know if you've seen the episode we've got in the trailer, but D, what, what was your specific question? I, I don't, look, I, I don't know how much is already out there now. We're, this isn't going to be played until Monday. So we'll probably get a couple more teasers, you know, between now and then. Yeah. Um, so we see that there's a double elimination. We see that there's a freaking really cool jumping. Oh. Ju- yeah. Like jealousy, jealousy overload over here. Jealousy <laughs> overload. Um, we, we have seen you actually, pr- you in, in the, in the, one of the clips. Yeah. I think you make it. Okay. Being oh. a ninja. 
Okay. Um, you don't have to tell me whether you do. You, we, we're not spoiling anything here. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we get the headbutt. So if we're going to get a double elimination, we're going to get a lot. We're going to get, get a lot. lot. The um, next episode is jam-freaking-packed. I mean, starting off with the epic rig that they, they pulled over this, this like, quarry, this is going to be the bit where physicality and mental confidence come out to play. So, And it's also strategy. It's knowing your partner and knowing who's going to be divided because we choose if we want to jump or we're going to one that's going to be doing the teeter-totter thing. But this is the shit that excites me because this is why I'm here. And honestly, I did, like, an, this obstacle in Ninja Warrior. It was called TikTok. And it's kind of the same premise. You jump on this, like, giant swinging thing and you have to dismount. But this was over, like, 50 feet. And it and it's it's really exposed. So that was really exciting. But, yeah, TJ just, like, there's a lot of you guys. And it really did feel like a lot of us because there's, you know, how many teams in there. So he throws in the double elimination. So that's when the pressure really gets into play. It's like you better make the tribunal because you never know what's going to happen. Um, Yeah, I think that's a perfect pivot to this question from Jesse, which is how do some of these challenges compare to the American Ninja Warrior uh, challenges or or obstacles or whatever they're called over there? Um, Are they more difficult in some cases? So this next week sounds like a good example because it's similar to, like you said, some that you've competed on in American Ninja Warrior. But there's the the monkey wrench of where it's positioned and the landscape and everything. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I never felt challenged by any of the challenges until you know a, a few challenges down the line only for the reason that if if someone had a fear of heights or a fear of something that definitely would have got to me but ninja warrior seasoned me for a lot of like dealing with failure and fear so this is just a ballpark to me this is like i'm fulfilling dreams of just like more heights um, so I honestly didn't feel challenged at all, but that's not what saying the cha- my true challenge was the whole social game. And if there's opportunities to sabotage within the challenges, that's something beyond my control. Um, this might've been something we should have asked earlier, but I, since I forgot, I'll put it here. Um, Alyssa wants to know, how did you get approached to do the challenge? So from what Avenue did that pitch come to you? Um, it was kind of, so I, I do have a manager and agent and I've always talked to them that like, I'm always trying to expand, trying to do something new. I've been on Ninja Warrior for, you know, so many seasons and I always just want to try something different, something new, something that would really challenge me. And ironically enough, the challenge literally has the name challenge in the name. So that was just something that, um, the challenge gods are expanding on. Every single rookie was on a reality television show. So I think that was it was a good variety to throw me on there because I wasn't on a dating show or anything like that. Does I mean, for just to let, let people know how that kind of stuff works, is that the type of thing where your manager or your agent is on kind of a call list where they find out that in general the challenge is looking for people who have appeared on other shows or, or perhaps specifically American Ninja Warrior? Or are you kind of putting it out there to the challenge or other reality competition shows to say, hey, Ninja's available? Right. So this is the one, I mean, usually for the most part, I, I like reach out to a lot, a lot of things, a lot of gigs, but this was the one special situation where, you know, they reached out to, to like me and I actually really don't know what was like the true behind the scenes on and how my agent kind of like got me on this bit, but I'm, I'm happy to be on there. I think there's a reason why I'm on the season 
and I wanted to come in having no regret. Yeah, well, luckily Mikey P turned him down and they decided to go with you. Um, this question <laughs> comes from Britt Bauer, and this might alienate some listeners who haven't watched American Ninja Warrior or, or know any of the, the favorites over there, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I'm sure some people do have a history with that show. What other American Ninja Warrior cast do you hope make their way onto the challenge, or who do you think would do particularly well in this setting? Yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, I would think that a, a guy named Grant McCartney, he's one of my closest friends and I, I call my ninja family. We've been on Team Ninja Warrior for three seasons and we've made it to the final for, for a bunch of those seasons. And I think he would do really well in the season. And I think he'd be a great addition just because um, and it'll be a little bit of struggle for Grant because he's he's a very um, spiritual guy. He's really religious and he values um, he has a lot of values. So kind of coming into the situation, I think would challenge him a lot, uh, living in this space. And he's a big dude. He, you know, he played football, he's a skateboarder, he's a top, top ninja warrior athlete. So I think he has a lot to bring to the challenge table. And I would love to see Grant's on there. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He definitely looks like someone that would be on the challenge. He's got a cool name, Grant McCartney, whether he wants to just like pick up a guitar or play on the challenge. <laughs> yeah. But when you throw in that religious thing, look, I'm look, he wouldn't be the first guy who's really, who's, uh, you know, religious prowess got completely shattered and broken by the challenge. But yeah, that might be a monkey wrench. But as we talked about with, with turbo, sometimes it's okay to have a straight man in there with all these whack jobs trying to corrupt them. So you never right. know. The real world in particular had that role filled quite a bit. Um, here's a good one. Noah says, what challenge competitor that isn't on this season would you like to compete with in the future? So I know you said you didn't watch every year, but you are familiar with some of the vets, some of which you've had the pleasure of playing with now. But anyone else, I mean, I know you mentioned Laurel based on, you know, Kara talking about her and other people talking about her. Anyone else that if you do do another challenge, you're kind of hoping gets the call as well? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, like the the key guys I wanted to like see in the game was was like Johnny Banana, CT West. Um, you know, Derek, are you coming back? That would be cool too. <laughs> they they only use me in sports. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's like seeing. Um, you know, Cara was always someone that was really legendary too when she came on as fresh meat. But Laurel is is someone I always want to see in there too. Uh, um, Daryl is a guy I've always watched like from a while ago. I'd like to see him back on there too. Nice. Well, I mean, that leads me to my last question, D, and then you can wrap it up is, you know, so this experience, we haven't seen how it plays out for you. We're only a few episodes in. Clearly, you were very excited to come and talk to us about it. You know, overall, was this experience something that you would want to run back, do again, or maybe make a part of your recurring schedule every year? Because as you know, part of the allure of the show and what we love about it and watching it and covering it is people come back time after time, maybe not every season, but they become a part of this challenge world, this challenge lexicon this challenge mania do would you like to a few years from now looking back say wow i was an american ninja warrior but now i'm a challenger yeah this is something that excites me in such a different way honest i can honestly say the challenge this season was put me in situations i've never experienced before i've reached feats that I never thought I could do. And this was honestly the, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. That's not saying college was hard, but this was like a special level of hell. Um, it was kind of a balance of like, do I really truly know myself? And do I really truly know who I am around like these kinds of people? And I, I just, you know, I just got my, my, it's, I'm just starting. Like, this is something I feel like I haven't really satisfied myself. So I want to 
get in there, do more challenges, and really like stirs more shit up. You know what I mean? Love yeah. it. Hopefully you're Cheers. stirring shit up with D, because I don't think he says they use him in spurts. I think we got another spurt <laughs> coming. I can feel a spurt. I can feel a spurt I, coming. I I think I think Turbo took my character slot. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I think if you keep shitting on him about stealing uh, Ryu's from Street Fighter's moves, maybe yeah. uh, maybe they'll put you out there just to see what he'd do to you. That's maybe why. there'll be like a doppelganger season where you're partnered with a person that's most likely like you. Yes, yeah, yeah, Scott. I, that's why I didn't say stole. I said took. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw this, Natalie. Uh, he was, he was. I don't even think he met, thought he was insulting him, but he said that uh, that Turbo when he did that like spin, like how do you can move, and they put the fire well, effect so, in there. Well, wait, first someone said, "Oh my gosh, why is Turbo so sexy?" And then I retweeted <laughs> it with a comment and said, "Go ahead, Scott." You said and said and said that you took that move from Ryu from Street Fighter, which <laughs> I said because he stole probably because he stole that move. For, from from Ryu from Street game, yeah. Fighter and got it used on MTV. Yeah, he didn't love a lot of that. He didn't love. He didn't I don't like, think he liked the term like Street Fighter or know what the video game was. He also didn't like the term he stole. Didn't. He didn't like stole. He didn't like stole. You never want to offend Turbo ever. And the funny thing is, even if you you're not directly trying to offend him, there sarcasm doesn't translate to Turkish people. So he'll take that as a direct threat. In any like he, literally, you can't joke with him because he'll be completely offended by him. So you'll yeah. see that throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I well, I we I, we cleared it up a little bit, I think, and we're, <laughs> we're all right. But it was it was interesting, you know. And it he kind of got me too. He's like, bro, he's like, bro, you speak English? Like, stole's not a good word. And he goes, <laughs> remind. I go, I go, I go. Fine. I go. What, what if I go? Does it make it any better if I said it reminded me of Bruce Lee? He goes, yeah, remind, better, not stole. Yeah. I was like, all right, all right, fair enough. You had a stole lot working bagel. against you, brother. You you had, uh, obviously, the language barrier. You also have the fact that, I mean, subtleties and sarcasm sometimes don't translate yeah. in written form in general. Um, yeah. But he, uh, he, he, what did he say? He goes, I, I look, I didn't know it was a joke. He goes, I could take a good joke. All good, all good. We're So it's all good. We're fine. I'm good, my brother. That's what he always says. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, we were hoping uh, to have him on if D doesn't keep uh, insulting him. Um, uh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. D, do you have anything else for Natalie before we let her go? No, and I never do this, but I picked out one random Twitter question, and this is it. It's terrible. Okay. At, Je- at Jesse Unknown, what high school? Uh, he's from Moreno, Ca- Moreno Valley, California. You know, I screen the questions for a reason, and I try not to ask yeah. questions that the answer matters to literally one person. But go yeah, ahead. One person, I got you, okay. bro. Okay. What, was what, high could, what, what high school? What high school did you go to in Moreno Valley? So that's funny because that's where I was born and raised, Moreno Valley. In the Shout out! I yeah. went to I went to is it high school? Even though I lived in Moreno Valley, I was um, I was the smart person, and I had to commute to a city over. So I went to John North High in the International Baccalaureate yeah. Program. See, that's why I didn't ask the question. Not only does it only matter to the one guy, but now you made the one guy feel bad. She actually <laughs> shipped herself out no, to a different no. county to get a better we, education, D. We just shouted out everybody from Moreno Valley, California, because you got somebody repping that spot. 
Got somebody repping that area. Not Natalie. Not like I'm. I, I'm not trying to influence people to stalk you at all. But you mentioned, you know, down at the uh, Santa Monica Pier, and you do your meditating there, and you're. All, is that where you do? Do you ever like do like? Now, I know they're not like public workouts, but I always kind of when I'm down there, just lounging at the beach, reading a magazine, and I see the people working out and doing the rings and stuff. It catches my eye, and I watch them. Are you down there often? Like if people are down oh, in Santa yeah. Monica, I travel a lot for for the challenge now and for ninja but whenever i'm here in town i'm literally probably just sitting on the pole and you know ironically you said that enough the the past couple days i've been there i've already gotten a few challenge fans who've come up and said like did you win this season i'm like can't tell you but thanks for watching that's awesome That's really cool. See, I mean, look, I mean, it's a different world from from Ninja War. Would you say, I mean, you've only been on a couple episodes of the challenge so far. So, you know, truth be told, we won't really know until this entire season plays out and the reunion and stuff like that. But um, were you getting recognized a lot from Ninja Warrior? And what was the common like, you know, everyone wants to have like the, the sentence or two that they say to you now on the challenge. It's did you win? What was it on Ninja Warrior? Was it good luck? Was it I like watching you compete? And and how would you compare interactions with people based on? on the two shows yeah based on the two shows i think it's kind of a symbiotic relationship because there's a lot of people who have been hardcore challenge fans who would kind of watch ninja warrior and when they found me that was on the casting list they're like oh you fucking jet i'm so excited you're on but for what i appreciate about ninja warrior is that the people i would meet in person the people that would come up they would like share a heartwarming story of like how they were really unfit before they had this injury and because they watched our stories or mainly for me specifically, it was a lot of, um, young, young adults, young teenagers saying that, like, I was always embarrassed about having a personality that was too much, but like watching you have no shame of who you are really inspired me to kind of like go out and just like try new things. I was like, hell the freak. Yeah. You know, just get out of your comfort zone and you never really know what you're capable of unless you try those crazy things. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you uh, probably get yeah. people who say, I was always embarrassed to root for Paulie, but now that he's your partner, I feel like I can pretend I'm rooting for you. Awesome. <laughs> Whoa, Natalie, love, love. thank love, you so love, much. Love, D, you love. got anything else for her before we let her go? I kid, Paulie. <laughs> yeah. I kid. The whole yeah, Calafiori no. <laughs> family's probably listening to this. No, we, no, we appreciate everyone listening. Natalie, th- uh, thank you so much for uh, popping in. Hey, if you have any... Um, if you have any... Uh, Plugs. Uh, I mean, the bully plugs I have is like, you know, follow me on Instagram, Ninja underscore Natalie and on Twitter because I just post like literally every day of just gnarly shit. I ride a motorcycle every day. So if everyone wants to ride out with me in Los Angeles, hit me up. Um, and yeah, climb on. And fl- yeah, and, and and climb through her Instagram because you're going to find a lot of wild stuff. Awesome plug, by the way. That was the coolest plug. We're always like, hey, do you have anything to plug? Everyone's always like, oh, yeah, I just opened a restaurant or oh, I have this sock company. And you're like, actually, I have a motorcycle. If you want to ride a motorcycle with me, hit me up. So that was by far the coolest plug we've got. She's still normal. She's still normal. I'm so normal in the most extreme way possible. I always yeah. tell, I always have this joke saying I'm um, the most sketchiest positive influence on the young community ever because i'll do crazy stuff but it looks awesome and i'm happy doing it yeah that's awesome that, i saw i saw you doing that uh burnout uh, on the motorcycle oh yeah like, awesome. while you were like in front of the motorcycle yeah, you know yeah, like totally. controlled it's kind of controlled you know yeah yeah it it's trust too right like yep. fuck if, if something could go wrong um, but i was like look at her she's just Still normal, doing normal shit that she likes to do. Um, good for her. 
Yo, I'm really sorry to talk to you guys. This is this is fun, kind of divulging again into the world that I was in for three months. And it's like you, when I came back from filming, it's kind of like, did that really happen? But now that there's finally video to what happened, I'm like, oh, okay, the nightmare was true. Yeah, yeah. So it's got so we're cut now and everything. Um, uh, so we'd love to have you on like in the future too, because you know we know you know little things here and there, you know. Yeah. So we'd love to have you, uh, you know, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, because there's, so, I mean, the progression of me and the show throughout the season is just completely wild. So I'd love to be on again because I definitely have more insight. Hell awesome. yeah. Well, Hell th yeah. thank you so much. This was great. I'm sure people are going to love it. Thank you, guys. Good, good chat with you. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, for sure. Bye. Yeah. All right, see There she was, Ninja Natalie. Love it. Great, great energy. Great guest. Fantastic. Man, what a fun interview. Just like, you know, pulling pulling a superhero from another universe, bringing him on to the challenge, showing off her superpowers, hearing that, you know, the social game's going to be a little difficult, you know, coming from her world. Uh, you know, got a lot of juice, a lot of stew. Man, she was great. Yeah, really good, really cool, and uh, just, uh, like just a really great outlook on all of it. And the fact that, I mean, didn't want to shy away from the, the talk of whether she was the right person to cast for American Ninja Warrior, I think really just kind of, you know, um, wore it well and didn't even, like, throw Mikey under the bus or anybody who's been talking about her negatively or the decision to cast her negatively. So I think we can go. I mean, they made a great decision to, to bring her on and to be a part of the franchise because uh, just in a few episodes here, she's been great. And now this uh, long-form interview we, we have with her, and that's what's great about Challenge Mania is – you know, these episodes on TV are only 45 minutes. You got to split time with 30 other people. Not on Challenge Mania, folks. It's all you for uh, over an hour. We got to uh, talk to Natalie Duran. So follow her at Ninja underscore Natalie on Twitter to get her thoughts and to see these amazing feats of strengths and, and athleticism and thrill seeking on her Instagram. I couldn't recommend it. I, even if she wasn't on the challenge, if I stumbled upon this Instagram, I would follow it. So be, be careful. You might be scared. No, yeah, I mean, if you're scared of heights, looking at this stuff is going to make you dizzy. Um, what else we got, D? Do we want to let people know who we're going to be having on soon? Uh, nah. Probably, probably have announced it by now because this is running on Monday, and that's when we're taping with the other fellow, right? Yeah, no, we're, we got to push him to Thursday, though. We got uh, we got to get him so I, we got to we got to get some kind of you know we got to get something concrete. For Thursday or Friday, so we before not we let everybody know thoughts on the next episode. Yeah, I think Got so. It. The the war room people know. Okay, yeah, the is. war room people know. Ask a patron if you want to know who the next guest is. But we have some great guests rolling in. Secret. Uh, it's going to be really fun uh, talking to some of these new folks. I mean, we we just had Chase, who I thought was I thought that was a great interview, especially having yeah. watched his season of the of the Bachelorette, and then Natalie Durant. Give it up for her, ladies and gentlemen, a fantastic guest. Just to remind you of a few things before we go, Robinhood, as I mentioned, is a great sponsor. They're a great partner of the show. They're giving listeners of Challenge Mania free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. You can sign up at mania.robinhood.com. And once again, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. 
That's right. All commission free. Um, so thank you to Robin Hood. Thank you to all of our new patrons and our old patrons. As always, we love every single one of you. We can't thank you enough. You keep the lights on over here at Big Challenge Mania on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, everywhere else. And if you want to be a patron, head over to patreon.com slash challenge mania contest galore, tons of rare opportunities. You can only get by being a patron. You can be on meet the patrons where we interview one of you. And above all else, guys, every week, the night of the challenge, the war room. And it comes with that shady voice. That's right. The only way you get that shady voice is in the war room. Here you get my normal voice over there. You get the war room and that that's worth the price of admission alone. Am I right? Yeah, George St. Pierre just retired. Great career for GSP. Great career. I mean, look, when you throw the steroid stuff in with all the other all-time greats, I mean, you got to put him number one, what? right? What? John he Bones was... Jones, Anderson Silva. No, I'm saying he has never been caught with steroids. Therefore, GSP, to me, the only other people you got to put in the running with him, John Bones Jones, Anderson Silva, Vanderlei Silva, all these guys have had PED scandals and GSP never has and not only has he never had he also is at the forefront of trying to get advancements in USADA testing and drug testing and Olympic style drug I mean he he has been clean this whole time I, I don't say that about a lot of people that I'd be sure of it but I'm, I'm pretty damn sure of it the guy was out there on the front lines fighting this issue in mixed martial arts so you'd be a complete sociopath to do that if you were cheating on your own so and he wins with the championship he wins goes off with the title doesn't he yeah i mean that last win over Disney? michael bisbing i mean a lot of people oh, think yeah. that was you know i mean that i mean the guy ran the welterweight division for a decade and then yeah. comes back takes out michael bisbing at middleweight albeit did, i think he's always been a notch above michael bisbing so wait aside did, i think did the super fight did the super fight with bj penn and almost and almost suffocated him to death for three, three, four, five straight rounds. Yes, all he time just, great. He just, he just let him stay alive just so he can beat him more. Yeah, little mixed martial arts chatter for you to get you out of here Sorry. on Challenge Mania. Enjoy it, guys. Uh, congrats on a great uh, career for GSP. Who knows if it's really over, but uh, if it is, uh, really cool. Well, um, Khabib called him out yesterday. And well, GSP like, said he wanted yeah. to fight Khabib, but UFC didn't want to have it, so um, wow. GSP oh. wasn't going for it. Uh. Yeah. Ugh. Sort of like you calling out Nelson and challenge not going for it. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it. I think I called out a couple people and they didn't go for it. Yeah, whatever. It'll happen. It'll happen. We'll still be here, folks. Alrighty Either then. way, challenge mania. Alrighty then. Cheers, everybody. All right, we'll see Thanks, you this patrons. Wednesday on The War Room. guys this ends your time here on challenge mania take care of yourselves and hopefully we'll see you in the future with the new iphone se for less than 100 bucks at metro you rule it's the most affordable iphone on the number one brand in prepaid so whether you're studying online or facetiming hey mom hi dear the iphone se has all you need switch to metro and get the iphone se for 99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with auto pay metro by t-mobile rule your day 
Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.